genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 live-action Ninja Turtle sequel, The Secret of the Ooze, one, uh, I don't know, minute at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of things. Uh, it's Minute 51, my name is Scott Toffee, with me again this week are our panel of turtle experts, Mr. Chris O'Connor. Da-da-da-da! Ms. Rachel Gatlin. Hello. And Senor Adam Sheehan. Hello. Or I mean, hola. <laughs> Senor. <laughs> Como esta? <laughs> um, so here we are, minute 51. We're just past the uh, half a century mark here. And we're getting some good action in this minute. I, we just watched through this one before recording. And uh, <laughs> immediately, there's so much more happening in this minute than there was in the last one. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a ton. And it, it wouldn't seem like it either, but there is. So we're going to unpack it together here on Turtles Minute. Minute starts with Shredder giving, uh, you know, the command or about to give the command to drop the turtles. And uh, the minute ends with Michelangelo pulling his own case of sequelitis in this film. Like the same thing. It's already happened in again. this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so let's start at the very good beginning. It is a very good place to start. So uh, Shredder is about to give the command, and then all of a sudden we very quickly cut to this shot of an arrow being drawn back, and we get a bit of a reveal here, guys. Who could it be? Is it April? <laughs> no. It's not April. Who else? Take another guess. Casey? Is it Casey? God, I he wish He would be in was... archery. He would do archery, like Olympic archery. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was Casey Jones with his dead no. son's toy bow and arrow. Oh no! <laughs> Although you know, uh, not for nothing, but uh, the 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 bow and arrow that uh, that Splinter is using here appear somewhat small in proportion. They they it may be a child's archery set. Uh, yeah, entirely possible. Uh, but Although, yeah, you just the, gave it away. It's it's Splinter. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, <laughs> and we get as as Chris alluded to in our introduction here. We get this beautiful trumpet fanfare. Chris, can we hear that again? Da-da, da-da. Yeah, nice little uh, almost Monty Python-esque cue yeah. from John hey, Dupre you, there. Like when you know that John Dupre did the mo- music for Monty Python and A Fish Called Wanda, like that <laughs> that sort of that da 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 that sounds like very in place with like, you know, the life of Brian and like something stupid happening. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> he also barely pulls this bow back at all. Like, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he's got feeble little rat hands. Well, yeah, yeah it, it, the, like the he's he's got like a third of the arrow is still jutting out past the bow, which uh, his power stroke is very short, and it is a proportionally kind of short arrow. It just it seems like in this flight, like it's well, maybe not quite as short as a, a crossbow bolt, but it is a it is a shorter than normal looking arrow. I think feeble little rat hands is the name of this episode. <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, it's pretty good, feeble little rat hands. I There's enjoyed also- this. Go ahead, Adam. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. I just cut you uh, off like was, three No, times. after you. No, after <laughs> you. Um, I was going to say I enjoy the sound effect of when sh- uh, Splinter lets go of the bow. It sounds like a very loose rubber band. Like if you've ever made like a shoebox guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all the, all the sounds associated with this archery are uh, not accurate. <laughs> boy, yo, 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 yo. 
There is no boyoing. <laughs> <laughs> There's never enough boyoing. Um, Adam, are you going to talk about the shot of the arrow? I am. It is such a strange shot. It like, almost looks like they just discovered green screen. <laughs> yeah, it almost looks like a composite shot. But like, why would they spend that much money on composite shots for this like five frames? I, I think it is a composite shot. I think they have a shot of someone rotating the arrow, right? And then they composite it onto the, the blurry sort of background motion. Yeah. I mean, it's very clearly a green screen shot. And it's, it's so hysterical. quick that you don't necessarily notice it, and notice it unless you're watching a minute at a time. Speaking um, of uh, unnecessary arrow shots, this kind of reminds me of that scene in that really terrible Robin Hood movie with Kevin Costner. Are you talking about Prince of Thieves? I'm hey, sorry. Whoa, you t- it's whoa, really bad. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think you just made a terrible mistake. Whoa. No, it's terrible. Whoa. No, oh, whoa. Okay, wait a sec. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hang this on. Relationship. Time out. <laughs> Let's let Rachel say her piece before we, you know, okay, completely it's, it's kill her. It's got camp value, but Kevin Costner is awful. But my point is, <laughs> there's that shot where he shoots the arrow and the camera follows it right into the tree. Yeah. Also, yeah. Right. Okay. Christian Slater is terrible in that no, movie. I, that was going to be my my back me backing up the movie. I was just going to say Christian Slater. Yeah. And that's all I need to say. <laughs> I look, sorry, Alan Rickman. Has anyone done yes. Prince of Thieves minute? Because I would be I'm on board for Christmas. that. Okay, everything besides <laughs> Kevin Costner and Christian Slater is okay. But Unlike those some two other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. Yeah, if it wasn't oh, for man. Prince of Thieves, we wouldn't have Men in Tights. Exactly, that's true. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're you know, that would that would actually be like kind of a fun like I don't know if um, I want to do it in a minute at a time, but it would be kind of a fun thing to track like you know those sort of like uh, ancient um, um, sort of uh, Creative Commons like myth- mythological characters that get retold in all the different movies. Yeah, and to just sort of like like the Robin Hood podcast like dissect every Robin Hood movie that's happened again, not a minute at a time, but like right. here's Errol Flynn. Clearly, the Disney one with the foxes is the best one. Okay, the Disney one with the foxes is clearly. I'll give you that. That's the best. <laughs> Um, but Rachel, I just want to point out too, if it wasn't for Prince of Thieves, we wouldn't have that killer Brian Adams song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> Which is my karaoke jam. Uh, I, I die hate, for you. I hate Brian Adams. Oh, Which that song matter is- of name is Azim? Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I can't defend that movie. <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, no, come on. No, he, Morgan Freeman is great. What in about that movie? Morgan Freeman is great in that movie? It's so ridiculous. Did God paint you? It's so good. No, it's not. Rachel, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't fire her over this, but uh, but we can, we can fire, agree to disagree. It's not a fireable offense, but you are on your last <laughs> straw. You are here. on the thinnest of ice. We're, we're, we've put you on a performance improvement because plan. Because I don't like Robin Hood? <laughs> <laughs> You've been pipped. Screw you oh. guys. I'm going home. We're all clearly kidding here. Oh, man. Rachel, we love you. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So, Robin Hood, what, are, what the hell are we talking about? Robin Hood movies aside, uh, Splinter's pretty good with a bow and arrow. Let's just put it that way. I had this action me. figure, by the way. This is something I did want to talk about. Well, the, oh, yeah. The, but, the but, Turtles came out with the, the movie star action figures, and after the second movie, they had movie star Splinter. And he actually had, like, fur. It wasn't just a plastic mold. Yeah. It was, like, covered oh. in a fabric that felt like fur. 
and he had the white cloth uh, pajamas, and he came with a little bow and arrow. Well, when, well, he always came with a little bow and arrow. When we were watching that this at, true. at the drive-in, I remember Rachel said something along the lines of, where did he get that bow and arrow? And I was like, it came with his action figure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Splinter sneaks in. He shoots the turtles down. He gives a nice and hearty cowabunga. And Rachel, could you do me a favor? I want you to just freeze at about nine seconds on the clip, and you get this adorable shot of Splinter. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, adorable shot of Splinter, and he looks just like my dog, which is a Shiba Inu, Aww. every time he sees me eating pizza. Aww. Yeah, Splinter the little dog. Give him some pizza. Well, then he begs. Wait, are you talking about Splinter or my dog? Both. On, oh. on which which second? Nine seconds into this minute. He, he looks really cute at three, where he's got his mouth open. Yeah, I was going to say that too. He does this like, ha-ha thing when but he lets go. But you're right. You shouldn't actively... Feed a dog table scraps, but if it lands on the floor, that's fair game. <laughs> it just accidentally falls. Yeah. Yeah, anything on the floor is the dog zone. Yeah. Where yeah. food is concerned. You dog know, every time zone. I drop food on the floor, I miss having a dog around because I'm like, Aww. well, I have to clean this up now. I keep having to remind you that we don't have a dog. Yeah, I know. Have you guys seen like the, the trailer for the new uh, Dark Crystal series on Netflix? No. Oh, you didn't know about that? No. Well, I mean, like just just, uh, this, just this frame at nine seconds of seeing the... Uh, of seeing Splinter like with his little sort of smirk, like just kind of makes me feel like he should be in the Dark Crystal, like helping to fight the Skeksis. Yeah, let your let your uh, uh, cursor slip forward another couple seconds, and uh, as you're doing that, I want you to pay attention to the music cue that we get. We get the OG original Ninja Turtles hero theme. I think this is the first time we've heard it in this movie. The da 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 used to be our opening theme. We we uh, got it in the beginning during the mall fight. Did we? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we did. When oh, the uh, when the man. logo hit the screen and then oozed off the screen, we got the hero theme. I oozed off. I don't really. Was it this theme or was it the the bump bump ba dump ba dump ba dump? Well, that's at the very beginning. But then right. during that fight scene, we get the hero music. Oh, okay. Well, it gives me chills every time I hear it. So I'm glad we got to hear it again. It's been so long since we've watched the beginning of this movie. What four or five months now? I, it's, that's the that's another weird thing that happens during these podcasts is that like we get so far away from things we said at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> the like the beginning of this movie feels like oh, I mean it was weeks ago. Really? I mean to be fair, this season's been a little extra long for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> Um, but I want you to visually take a look in the background at about 10 or 11 seconds. And I've never noticed this before. You can see Splinter in the background of the shot. Oh, nice. Ah. He's he's up there in the distance. It looks like he's behind a barrel fire or something glowy and orange. Maybe it's just a, a some source of light up there. But I've never noticed it. Just one of those things you see. And then the turtles make a crack about we carry mutual of Splinter, which I just got that like two years ago because <laughs> I didn't know what insurance was when I was a child. Now you have, now you have insurance. There's no re Why would I have known Ralph Nader? Why would I have known mutual of Splinter? The turtles no are reason. so wiggly in this shot. Like they're all like w wiggling around. Like they're all doing their, their uh, character select pose. <laughs> Donnie does that thing again where he goes to look at Michelangelo but like his neck doesn't move far enough, so his eyes have to make up the difference. Like he's like again, Batman in the cowl. He can't turn his head really. Yeah, you see way too much of the whites of Donnie's eyes in this movie. Yeah, yeah. His eyes are just so close together. I can't stop seeing it now. 
He's got HBK um, eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Shredder yells, get them! And the Foot Clan rush uh, is the most exciting they, they battle. Go in. They go all out. This is most such a ex- weird shot of Shredder, because it like you get this crane shot that moves in that almost makes it look like Shredder's soaring out of the shot, but really <laughs> Shredder is still just standing perfectly still. Well, it also never lands on his face. Like it hits the top of his helmet and then it moves to his chest and then to the background behind him. Like it never centers on him really. Right. And it someone clearly moves past him. Someone clearly um loosened the ninja shutoff valve again because yeah. <laughs> So the Foot Clan rush and uh this is a couple things pop into my head here. The Foot Clan rush from behind Shredder. And then we get the shot of Raphael in the foreground, and the foot soldiers are still running. Shredder in the background, not moving a muscle because of you know the fact that he's dead and he's weekend at Bernie is happening here. <laughs> um, but this is another one of those shots, like you said earlier, Adam, where you become very aware that you're on a soundstage, and they're using sort of camera motion to make the space feel bigger. Like, Shredder is that close to Raphael. They cut back. They pull the camera back, but it's not as far back as you'd think it would be. Oh, yeah. Like, you're pretty tight quarters here. It's a small stage. And then they cut again to the part where Donatello uh, kicks a foot soldier in the gut, and Shredder is still in the frame. Raphael's still in the frame. You're at a slightly different angle, but you're within maybe the same, you know, 10-square-foot bubble. Yeah. There's just not a lot of ground covered here. There's also this great spot where, like, like Donnie kicks this one dude, and the dude does a full front flip. And then he, another guy comes up to punch him, and he blocks the punch high, and then just slugs the guy in the stomach. <laughs> but it's like it's right such, in the solar plexus. It's such a whiffy punch, too. Like he barely just like <laughs> even tries to just slug him in the stomach. Yeah, well, like with a lot of the a lot of the impact that they make, like you know, it's you just kind of see it. Like there was a like right after that, there's a bit where where he does like a little like he doubles somebody over with I can't I, I didn't see what it was, but then he does like an axe kick where like his little turtle toes like barely make contact with the guy, and he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, these these ninjas do really oversell. <laughs> I want to point something out. Any of the shots where Raphael is sort of like featured in the foreground, he's very animated and very. Uh, uh, active in the scene however all the scenes where like donatello is fighting the scene we just talked about that shot not scene but the shot right there where donatello kicks the guy and punches the guy Raphael isn't moving a muscle anymore mm. he is completely still almost as if there's nobody in the suit yeah, it's just the <laughs> suit tied to a post yeah yeah and then it cuts close to him again and he's active again and more of the overdubbed kind of grunting and dialogue. Shredder has been standing stiff as a board in the entire background of this sequence as well, which is also kind of awkward. Um, talk about Raphael motioning Donnie over to him, guys. Somebody, <laughs> I, somebody, talk about it. This is a I good mean, joke he when does. he when he pulls the tape off and he goes, "Why don't you just rip my lips off?" <laughs> <laughs> And then he puts it back on. Uh, it's such a great. And Donnie's got that doofy, like, weird underbite. smile again. Yeah, underbite smile. And also, when he when he puts the tape back on, it's like it, it's not covering his top lip. Yeah, <laughs> that always bugs me <laughs> like so in much. His mouth. It's like, oh, like you could totally still talk if that happened. Mm. Although I imagine getting that aim down. You imagine how many times they must have done that. Like after oh. talking to a uh, Michelin Sisti and hearing how they had to sort of like 
they, they couldn't really see out of those suits. You have to imagine that he's kind of just going at it blind, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it looks almost as if Raphael's bandana is partially stuck under the seam of his uh the the head component of the costume it's like weirdly attached to his neck oh yeah. weird yeah so not entirely sure what that's all about great dialogue great overdubbing i i enjoy the body language on donatello even though his smile is kind of doofy he's kind of got a beavis and butthead face going on <laughs> you're right when he when he puts the tape back on he kind of flares his hands out like as if to say ta-da yeah <laughs> ta-da yeah. Um, and then after he unties Raph, we get this shot of Leo using a hubcap to fight. And once again, Shredder completely still not moving a muscle as if there's nobody inside the costume. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's Francois swaying. Francois Chow wasn't forth. needed yeah. that day. They just put the suit on a mannequin. <laughs> so weird. Maybe that's just how they saved money on this movie. They didn't hire actors for a lot of the scenes, they just put suits on mannequins. Yeah, I don't think they did that. I mean, these, these fight scenes probably took like maybe a day, two days. You can't expect a guy to just stand there. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm now noticing a similar issue. We cut to a scene of Michelangelo being surrounded by a few foot soldiers. And I have there's a lot of thoughts on this moment. But the first thing I have to say is, as Michelangelo says, can we talk? His headband is also tucked into his neck seam. Weird. Mm. Do you think that they meant to do that to keep them like over their shoulders? Maybe. Or maybe to hide um, one of the mechanisms. Maybe. Maybe. It's just very odd. Um, But we're about to get a repeat of something we saw earlier. And I think we talked about this way back in like minute five or six or something. Um, This thing happens where all the foot soldiers finally decide that we can attack at the same time. And they do, and they start pounding on Mikey, and they dog pile on him, and then he slips out from under the dog pile, and, and watches they don't them notice. Yeah, <laughs> they watch. He watches this them continue to beat up nothing, which is just like it's a funny joke, but it works much better in cartoons. It's such a good joke because like he even like brushes his hands off. It's great. Uh, like what what are, what do these guys think they're punching at? Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's those stupid eye covers. They don't know what's going on, so they're <laughs> punching each other. Well, this is that Bugs Bunny joke that um, that one from Little Red Riding Hood with uh, with <laughs> put on your old gray bonnet. <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's I that could, joke. I could I could also imagine Turtle Season, Ninja Season, Turtle Season, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ninja it's, Season. It's that same Ninja idea. Season, Ninja Season. <laughs> um, but we saw this in the mall. We we talked about this, and I think it's yeah. actually watching it for this show is the first time I noticed it. This bit happens during the mall fight in the background of the shot. Yeah. It's never made a focus, but I think we called it and said that happens later in the movie. It's so weird to me that they did this same routine in two different shots on two different days of filming. They're like, well, let's try this it one again. It really saves on choreography. But maybe this is just something that Mikey does. Like this is just one of his moves that he knows how to do. I mean, to me, this screams of, I don't know what I want the fight scenes to look like, so let's just do all the same stuff in all the fight scenes, and we'll take care of it in editing. Like, yeah. that's what it feels like to me. Oh, yeah, like like every one of these fight scenes was just the same fight choreography? Yeah. And they just picked and chose which ones to cut in on? I mean, that makes sense from, like, 
I guess. I mean, it's economical. Yeah. It's efficient use of time, I suppose. If you don't have to, if you can just shoot different parts of different fight scenes, then you don't have to spend all this time, you know, blocking out the different action sequences. But that's probably it's probably the same group of guys it, that were the mall punks that are in these ninja costumes. Too. Yeah. Do you? We should have asked Michelle and Sisty about this. Do you think that this is something that they came up with on set? And they're just like, let's just try it. Let's just see if the director likes it. Like, is this an improvised bit of, like, Physical I can imagine in the mall scene where he's like sitting with the, the, the Michael Pressman, the director is, you know, saying, all right, here's the main part of the fight we're focusing on. And you guys do something in the background, do some ninja stuff in the background, just like telling the stunt team to like do something. And like, they came up with this and just thought it was funny. And then he liked it. He's like, oh my God, we're going to put that in later. Yeah. Like, I can't shoot it now, it but might, we'll, we'll yeah, shoot it later. It might work. That might that might be some. I could imagine that this was, you know, sort of largely fo- uh, shot in in sort of chronological order. You know, that, that the the mall fight would have been something they did early, and then they're like, ah, let's you know, let's just try it and see how it looks. And you know, they liked it. Yeah. Or or, or yeah, they just they needed something to go to be going on in the background. They're like, what do you want us to do in the background? They're like, oh, just do that dog pile gag. We are, like they already have that rehearsed. They can just go True. right into it. It's just, it's so weird. I mean, this is to me okay. So in the first movie, you can see like crew members on the set and things like that. This is like that moment for me in this film where it sort of takes you out of the movie now. Yeah, you know, I hadn't noticed it before, but now that I know it's there, now I'm like, oh, I'm watching a movie. I'm watching choreography. Yeah, but like, but in in kind of the kayfabe of this world, I, I feel like you could save that by saying like, this God. is just a thing that uh. Mikey likes to do. You're aggravating Chris again. <laughs> what other word is there for that, really, but kayfabe? <laughs> oh, Chris, we love you, too. We're just making everyone angry today, Adam. I love you so much. Uh, well, that's the end of the minute. Let me check my notes. Is there anything that I uh, that I missed? Uh, I think I think that's it. I think that's it. I think I'm good. What was yeah, like the little shot of uh, of Splinter like shooting the bow and arrow. That reminded me of something else. What was what is what did that remind me of? The greatest movie ever, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. No, <laughs> there was something else. No, like like a little pu- It was it was outside of that part. Like the the a little puppet, like a puppet shooting, like a fuzzy puppet shooting a bow. Ah, Gremlins. Oh yeah, little 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 gizmo. Was that Gremlins little- or Gremlins Two? Gremlins Two. Gremlins Two. Yeah, because he like he he was locked in the filing cabinet, and he get he had to get serious, and like he started to hear like the Rambo like narration about like you know they want a war, blah blah, I'm gonna give them a war, and like you know he makes his bow and arrow out of uh, paper clips and rubber bands. We loved archery in the early '90s. I got really into archery in the early '90s. Now that I think about it. It's probably all because of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Now that I think of it, <laughs> is Rachel even still there? Or did she oh, just I'm storm here. off? I'm just oh, no, not saying she's anything. I can hear her seething through the microphone. <laughs> I know, oh, man. No. The look she's giving me right now. Oh, oh no! My God, I'm sorry. Oh. I apologize. <laughs> oh man, we'll, we'll be. Fine. We're gonna regret this tomorrow. It'll be fine. <laughs> not as much as Adam will. <laughs> this is true. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's the end of the minute. Rachel, do you have any closing words? No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, we've, we're in trouble. Um, all right. So for the crew here, make sure you guys go check us out on social media at TMNT Minute 
on the Insta, on the Twitter, uh, and DuelingGenre.com for all your other podcast needs. We will see you guys tomorrow on Tuesday. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kawasari. Bye. <laughs>